If you have a Bible, Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23, we've been parked in this text for a while. We've still got a ways to go, but let me pick it up and read to you starting at Galatians 5, verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Or it's love, joy, peace, patience is the word we know it better by. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against these things, there's no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking each other and envying each other. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Being patient has never been a core trait in my life. <laughs> and thankfully the staff uh, are either not in the room or they just chose not to say amen. Uh, where, whatever the demand may be, uh, I always want to deal with it now. Let's get on it now. So typically, I have been. Now, the, the longer I do this, the older I get, the more I can reflect back and go, man, Marty Grubbs, you were such a moron. There were just seasons in my life. I just wasn't a good leader. And, and I don't know why I learned everything late, but uh, God still has a plan. So sometimes my need for immediate gratification can get in the way of my patience. So for example, two years ago this month, we had this, the big ice storm of Oklahoma. You know, it's 80 to some degrees out there today, and yet we had, two years ago, an ice storm. Well, we woke up that morning, and I, I remember telling you, it sounded like people, somebody was out back sweeping off the patio. It's just this sweeping sound, and I got out, who's out there? Well, it was the sound of trees full of ice falling against each other and into the lawn, and the noise they made, that, that sweeping noise, I'll never forget it. And it was awful to stand there and watch, we've got a bunch of trees on our two acres and, and watching these things snap like toothpicks. Big oak trees just snapping and falling to the ground. So we lost a bunch of trees. We had a bunch left, thankfully, but we did lose a few. So when it came time to, uh, they got, we got it all cleaned up over time and it was time to think about planting some new trees. And so this is just two years ago. So I'm thinking, uh, I asked the, the tree people that I talked to occasionally, I said, how long will it take for this tree to grow? I did, so I kid you not. And they were telling me what I could expect in, in the growth of this tree over the next maybe five years, 10 years or whatever, 15, 20 years. And I kind of thought, I don't know if I'll even be here in 20 years, so let's go to a larger tree. I don't want to wait. I want to see them grow now. I want to see them while I'm alive. I don't want to leave them for everybody else to enjoy or the, whoever owns the house next. I don't want them to enjoy it. I want to enjoy it now. So we got some bigger trees. It just about killed us, bankrupt us, but I mean, we got big trees and they're beautiful. And I get to stand out there on the day, take the dogs out. Oh, I love that tree, you know, and just so thankful that because there wasn't a tree there before. So I'm impatient. You've, you've heard the serenity prayer. I'm a big fan of the serenity, serenity prayer. I've talked about it, written about it. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, change the courage to change the things I can, the wisdom to know the difference. That's an important, powerful statement of patience. Grant me the serenity to accept the things I can't change. Now, there's other versions. I always bring you some versions. I found some more. Here's another version. God, grant me the senility to forget the people I never liked anyway. The good fortune to run into the ones I do like and the eyesight to tell the difference. 
Here's another one. Uh, I found this one this week. Lord, give me patience, because if you give me strength, I'm going to need bail money to go with it. (laughs) I love that one. Here's another one. Lord, grant me the serenity to accept the people I cannot change, the courage to change direction when I see them coming, (laughs) and the wisdom not to smack some sense into them when I can't avoid them. So there you go. All right, the word patience, as used in the New Testament, really, uh, there's not a word, any other word really like it, not really an equal word, even in the English language. In our text today in Galatians 5, we're given the difference between living life on our terms and in our own strength or our own abilities or living a life that's possible through the Holy Spirit, which, as I'm reminding you each week, it's God's presence with us and in us. Patience is not the ability to wait, but the ability to keep a good attitude while you're waiting. Philip Keller has written a great book, Uh, A Gardener Looks at the Fruits of the Spirit. He says this, patience is the powerful capacity of selfless love to suffer long under adversity. Patience is this noble ability to bear with either difficult people or adverse circumstances without breaking down. And this implies that one has a certain degree of tolerance for the intolerable. Circumstances, situations, people, whatever. Now the definition of patience, there's several several phrases. Waiting without complaint. For example, if you go to Chick-fil-A very often, you barely have time to get your card out to pay for it and they're shoving the food at you. You know, I mean, it just comes so fast. If you go to another drive through and it's not going very fast, I'm sitting there going, you all need to go to Chick-fil-A and get some training. You need to go look at these because it's not fast enough here. So we're waiting without complaint, whether it's, you know, a chicken sandwich or a burger or whether we're waiting on the next promotion, whether we're waiting on our finances to land with some sanity somewhere, whether we're waiting for this crazy economy to return, while we're waiting maybe, and it's waiting without complaint because this isn't the first time our world seemed a little crazy and it won't be the last. And we wait without complaint because our future is not on this planet. Our future is in heaven. We, we have tolerance for the intolerable. And we all have situations that are intolerable. We all have people that we think are intolerable, and they probably are. A sense of calm based on the belief that God's in control. Isn't that, a, is that, that a, just a brilliant statement? <laughs> do we believe what we say we believe or not? Do we believe what we sing about? Do we believe what we read in the scriptures? Do we believe it or not? Because if so, there's a sense of calm that comes to us. Biblical patience, fruit of the Spirit patience, is a sense of calm based on the belief that God is in fact control. I think patience is Christ-centered contentment. We can look at things we don't have or compare ourselves to other people. We can think of what we're missing, what we wish we had, something that's eluding us for some reason. But we, uh, to me, a Christ-centered contentment. I, and I ask you all the time, folks, you've got to answer this question. Is Jesus enough or not? Is he enough? And I think we all would say, most of us who are following Jesus, not all of you have made a decision yet to follow Jesus, but I'm thrilled you're here listening, and and we'll give you all the time it takes for you to get there, but Christ-centered contentment, there's nothing like it. And if if we believe this, we need to really be careful and make sure, are we living it out? Because you know what? I think our culture's had their belly full of Christians that say one thing and do another. 
and they're watching us treat each other. You know, I get on this soapbox all the time and I can't quit doing it. And I'm sure I need to, but I'm so tired of Christians embarrassing me and, and complaining and criticizing each other, being ugly toward one another. Where, okay, here, I gotta stop. All right. I think def- patience is an indicator of your spiritual condition. And boy, it is. It's an indicator of your spiritual condition. Now, understand, patience is not indifference. It doesn't mean I don't care. Patience is not being passive. I'm gonna be patient by just ignoring something and acting like it doesn't exist. I don't care. Patience does not mean giving up. That's not what patience means. But it's waiting without complaint. It's balance for the intoler- tolerance for the intolerable. Sense of calm based on the belief God's in control. Christ-centered contentment, an indicator of your spiritual condition. That one alone right there, that last one right there, will give you pause when you catch yourself being impatient. I've been reminding you each week, the fruit we're talking about is given to us by the Holy Spirit. It's called the comforter, the helper. The comforter God gave us when Jesus was no longer in flesh among us. Jesus told his disciples in John 16, 7, it's better for you that I go away. Because if I go away, I can send you the helper, the comforter, John 14, 16. And I'm gonna ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. He's put his spirit within us. Through Christ, we have the spirit. Through Christ, we have these fruits in us. And the only way to have this fullness of love, joy, peace, which are the inner attitudes, of patience, kindness, goodness, which is the relational qualities, and then faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, which are the personal qualities. Only way to have these is through the Spirit, the presence of God in our lives through Christ. Now, it occurred to me, preparing this message, that there's another big piece of patience, and it's called faith. The deeper my faith, the more patient I believe I become. The deeper our faith, the deeper our roots are in Jesus Christ, I believe the more patience we have for others. If my faith is strong, my patience will be consistent. There'll be more trust, less less worry. Now, definition of faith is this. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. That's Hebrews 11.1. That's what faith is. Pretty simple. It's being sure of what we hope for, certain of what we do not see. Hebrews eleven six, and without faith, it is impossible to please God. Now, soak that in, because without faith, it's impossible to please God. Do you want to please God? We all do, I think, at some level. But without faith, it's impossible, because anyone who comes to Him must believe He exists, and that He rewards those who earnestly seek him. He rewards those who earnestly seek him. So here's what faith and patience, how they've come together to form very needed qualities in our life. It's Hebrews uh, and six, Hebrews chapter six, verse 11 and 12. Our great desire is that you will keep right on loving others as long as life lasts in order to make certain that what you hope for will come true. Then you will not become spiritually dull and indifferent. Instead, you will follow the example of those who are going to inherit God's promises. They're going to inherit God's promises. There's a little more coming here. And you know why they're going to inherit God's promises? Because of their faith and patience. 
This was the verse that drove me into this thinking of how important faith plays into our exercising of this spirit, this gift, this fruit of patience. It's all because of our faith and our patience. So Hebrews again, our desires you'll keep right on loving others as long as life lasts in order to make certain that what you hope for will come. Please notice, it's our great desire that you will keep right on loving others. And I know some, sometimes you get tired of hearing about love and love this and love that and love that. And, and, well, let me, just, let me just remind you, this is a core piece of following Jesus because even Jesus said, if the way you love each other will show the world how you love me, which is what bothers me a lot because there are a lot of people who claim to follow Jesus and don't seem very loving right now. Our great desire is that you'll keep right on loving others. Why? In order to make certain that what the hope you have will come true. That's how important this love is. Then you'll not become spiritually dull and indifferent. Instead, you'll follow the example of those who are going to inherit God's promises because of faith and patience. So let's talk about why we're impatient. Here's another list. Stress, particularly for young parents. When we dedicate these babies in our services, and we see kids, our children's area and all, our, and all of our locations are busy, very busy. And, and we're on the other side of that now, because now we, you know, you, somehow you get more patience when grandkids come along than you had when you had their parents. There's this little uh, kind of a joke now. I, I hope it's a joke. Uh, if it isn't a joke, then I've got a lot of work yet to do. But there was a time, uh, it's probably been 15, 20 years ago, something like that. And my oldest son, Tyler, was uh, in high school. And I'd been out cleaning the garage and, and hosing off the driveway. And uh, I think we'd had some work done or something. There was that red dirt all over the, and one, I mean, one little corner of the driveway. And I can't stand just one little corner of the driveway having red dirt on it. It's, it might as well all be red dirt, but I get it off there quick. So I was out there hosing it off and all that. Tyler comes in from working out, probably with his grandfather out at the ranch, and comes in and he backs his pickup into the driveway and opens the tailgate, gets in the back of the pickup and starts sweeping all this red dirt out of his truck. And so I, then he ran in, he had to go, he had to be somewhere. So he ran in, cleaned up, changed clothes, got back in the truck and took off. When the truck left the driveway, I saw this red dirt sitting there in the, in, in the driveway. So unfortunately, we have cell phones now. And I called him right away. He wasn't even out of the neighborhood yet, I don't think. And I said, you get back home now. I just cleaned that driveway off and you just put more red dirt on that driveway. Wow, Marty, that driveway is that important. Really? Now, did I need to teach him something? Maybe some of that. But let me tell you what I found out, and this is what I want to say to parents. He was already a responsible kid. He was already that. And frankly, while there was a point to be made, had I stopped, stepped back a bit and thought, that's all right. I've swept plenty of dirt somewhere when people didn't want it. This week he had some car trouble in his car and he borrowed my Toyota. And I said, it's full of gas. <laughs> you know what's coming, don't you? It's full of gas, but it's so dirty. I'm so sorry. I don't have time to go get it washed. It's just filthy, but you take it as long as you need it and, and uh, bring it back when you're done with it. So uh, he took the Toyota and then that afternoon he brought it back and it was spotless. I mean, that car had been washed 
It was spotless. And then I thought, I bet in the back of that car, there's a bunch of red dirt back there. (laughs) And I told him, this was your chance to get even. You still owe me for that one. Parents, you know what? When we're under stress and young parents tend to live with a lot of stress, it just kind of comes with it to some degree. And sometimes you got to remember that verse that says, parents, do not exasperate your children. They may be driving you crazy, but they don't mean to. They just don't know any different, particularly when they're little ones. Why are we impatient? As parents, sometimes it's just family stress. Why are we impatient? Our own arrogance. We just think we're too good to have to be patient for something. Sometimes it's our anger. We're impatient because deep down, somewhere deep within, we are angry at something or someone. There's some, and boy, anger can be just sitting there for years if we haven't dealt with it or resolved whatever it is that made us angry. Anger is really a, a cancer of the soul, but anger will help us, will, will serve us to serve to help. Uh, I can't even say it now. It will, I'm so angry. Um, <laughs> anger will not just cause us to be impatient. I mean, it's literally soul rot. Entitlement. I don't have to wait. I shouldn't have to wait. I, I did this earlier. I made my arrangements, and now I'm having to wait. I had reservations, and I'm having to wait. We're entitled. That'll cause stress. That'll cause impatience. And certainly, the need for control. And if you know anybody around you that likes being in control, or maybe a, a bit controlling, or a control freak, you know what that means. And that creates tremendous impatience and stress. If we're going to possess this fruit called patience, the Bible tells us a couple of things. Number one, we've got to be patient with God's plan. Whatever God's plan is for us, we've got to be patient with that. Dear brothers and sisters, you must be patient as you wait for the Lord's return. That could be a long time. It could be the rest of our lives, of course. If we're going to, if we're going to possess this fruit called patience, The Bible says, be patient with God's plan. And our typical prayer is, Lord, give me patience right now. God's equipped us to live full lives, to live a full life based on his love, his strength. He's given us gifts and abilities to serve him, his church and the people around us. Let's be patient with his plan. He's going to use us to be a part of that plan, even if it's painful for us to be waiting for that plan to unfold. There's a second thing we do. We are patient in trials. Look at this, James 1.12. God blesses the people who patiently endure testing. Boy, I wish we'd remember that before we are choosing not to endure the testing. If I could just remember, before I let something go a little too far, farther than it needs to go, which is typical, let's remember God will bless people who patiently endure testing. It's gonna come to all of us at one time or another. There's no way around it. It's called life. It's called being a human on this earth. Psalm 40, verse one. I waited patiently for the Lord to help me. Oh my goodness, we ought to memorize this one. And I would probably add a word in there. I need to wait patiently for the Lord to help me. Father, help me today. Help me to wait patiently for whatever you have for me. And and what happened in Psalm 40, and then God turns to me and heard my cry. He will hear. He hears you the first time you say it. He may just not be done teaching you whatever you've got to learn. And the quicker we put it in his hands, the sooner we learn the lesson. Patient with God's plan, patient in trials. 
And then of course, patience with others. First Thessalonians 5.14, be patient with everyone. Ephesians 4.2, be humble, gentle, be patient with each other. Now this, this one, we need to underline this one. Making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. And we all know that's not easy to do sometimes. Are we going to make allowance because of, because of the way we've been loved by Jesus Christ? The way he's told us to love others as he loved us. Can we, in those moments, can we get ahead of it, maybe in advance before we feel this boiling up inside of us, can we pray, Lord, please help me make allowances right now for those who are messing up something that's bothering me. Make allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Let me tell you what, if, if anybody ought to get this right, it ought to be Christ followers. And if there's anything we ought to be practicing in our homes, it ought to be this. Let's make allowance for each other's faults. If there's anything we ought to keep practicing in our church, it would be this. Let's make allowance for each other's faults. We all have them. Let's be patient with each other. It's a mark of a believer. Be humble and gentle. Patient with each other. Making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. And I love this, 1 Corinthians. Love is patient and kind. There you go. You can translate that in the Greek and the Hebrew all day long. And you're going to keep coming up with the same thing. Genuine love. Holy Spirit-filled love. Christ-centered love. is patient and it's kind. Now, do we get this perfect all the time? No. We'll have some moments where even in spite of this great Christ-filled love, this fruit that exists within us on love, every now and then, because we are human, we're going to forget that love is patient and kind. We're going to be impatient and maybe unkind. Now, don't, don't give yourself any excuses there. The goal here is let's practice this. Let's pray for this. Maybe that's something you need to pray every morning before you head to work. Here's the beautiful thing about following Jesus. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness, but look at this. Instead, he's patient with you. He's patient with us, folks. He's patient with us, not wanting anyone to perish. That's what he wants for us. How many times... <laughs> I think sometimes I just, I can see if, I, I guess I assume I can see God just rolling his eyes when I've said something or done something. He goes, really, again? Marty, really? The Lord's not slow in keeping his promises. He's patient with us. Not wanting anyone to perish. Came across this statement this week. The Bible states that faith works by love. It also states that love is patience. Now get this. Therefore, if you don't have patience, then you can't love. And if you can't love, then faith can't operate. That's why patience and faith are so intricately intertwined. Because you see, if you don't have patience, you can't love. And if you can't love, then your faith can't operate. God cannot do anything through you until he's done something in you. And that's why the, these fruits of the spirit, this fruit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, is so critically important for us. Here's the great part about this. God makes a promise. 
Faith believes it, hope anticipates it, and patience quietly waits for it, quietly. There's something significant that happens when we come to a place where we realize we're really not in control, we can't fix it, and the only choice we have is to trust God for the wisdom and the patience to endure whatever trial we might be facing. And in that moment, we've come to a very significant place. We finally come to a place where we realize that God knows what's going on. He knows why. He knows how long it's going to take. So why not just trust him? It's a moment where we realize we're powerless. Every now and then we need to be reminded of that. And we trust him. We turn our life to him. We get honest with ourselves and humbly turn to God and ask him to please fill us with your spirit. Fill me with your spirit, Lord. And, and maybe call it out what it is. Lord, right now I'm in a moment of great impatience and I know it's not right and I need your help. Please give me the strength to get through whatever it is that's got me so impatient. Why would we desire to let the spirit of God give us more patience? A couple things. Patient people are more loving Patient people are more humble. Patient people are far more forgiving. Patient people have this deep inner strength that they rely on for that patience. Patient people don't turn little things into big things. Just a few reasons. The fruit of the Spirit is patience. James says this. Book of James. This is a great statement. James chapter 1, verse 2 through 4. When you have many kinds of troubles, you should be full of joy because you know these troubles test your faith and this will give you patience. Let your patience show itself perfectly in what you do. Then you'll be perfect and complete and will have everything you need. Patience is learned through experience and endurance. Patience is learned through trials and difficulties. Colossians 3.12, clothe yourselves, put these clothes on, clothe yourselves with mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. I'm going to pray to close our time together, and uh, as I'm praying, or before I pray, if the prayer teams in all of our rooms would make their way to the front of those rooms, our prayer teams, our staff, and other leaders in our church who we trust to be able to pray with you and for you about anything that may be on your mind. So please give us the privilege of praying with you or for you. It doesn't take long. We'll take as long as you want to give it, but we love being able to pray with people who maybe walked in here today in a tough moment in life. So we'd, we'd love that privilege of praying with you. So those teams will be across the front of all of our rooms. And after I pray, you can make your way there if you so desire. Let's pray. Loving Father, we're thankful that you are patient with us. We're thankful for the love you've demonstrated to us and being patient with us when you love us and we don't deserve it. Father, I thank you today that your spirit can be at work within us. Your presence can be in our lives in a way that makes our life so much better, that helps us find joy in our relationships, that helps us have a clear sense of priorities and not do so much or too much that we lose sight of what's important and our impatience seems to flourish in those moments. Father, we humbly come before you thanking you for your patience with us. 
We ask you to fill us with your joy and your patience that we too may be perfect and complete, having everything you've promised. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.